0: everyone. My name is Julia Ferrioli. My pronouns are she, her. I am coming to you for open source stories on a very drizzly rainy day in Seattle, um, which is why I have a ton of lights on in the background, not only to grow some basil and mint, but also to make it not dark. Um, And I'm here today with Errol Fox, Um, and Errol, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Errol Fox. My pronouns are they, them, she, her. I am calling in not from my usual base in the southwest of the UK, but from Brussels uh, today. Um, Open source conferences are happening again, and human rights conferences as well. And it's very um, odd to be doing the traveling thing again but delightful as well in in ways
0: i was in brussels for fosdem basically right before the pandemic hit um same and i i would love to go back uh, but i'm not
1: quite traveling at this time yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. But I did get very big like when I landed, uh, I got very like nostalgic stem vibes. Like so walking through the streets, I was like, oh, you know, I'd be catching a very packed bus to the university campus like, like last time I was here. So, yeah, it was it was nice to reminisce. Um, well, please
0: have a waffle for me if you are so inclined. Um, I I do miss we'll that.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: So to kick us off, um, I had a question for you, which is, what what's the most creative thing you've ever been involved in?
1: I love this question. Yeah, this is great. It's really hard to choose. Um, maybe uh, I'll preface this with saying that my background, my educational background is in, well, technically it's a degree in fine art, but we had a department that was called time-based media which um, I don't know whether it's a, you know, common department, but um, we basically made art that exists within time. So this was everything from using computers at like back in the sort of early 2000s to make like internet art, video sound installation and performance stuff. So to be honest, I think that um, like tons of that sort of stuff was, um, was some of the most creative stuff that I've been involved in. But I would say more more recently I came to really understand and enjoy through a lot of the community work that I did shortly after my degree, what it means to design collaboratively and like design within a community for a community. And I would say that probably the most creative not necessarily, it's it's hard to quantify and, and describe the word creative, but I think the most sort of nourishing for my uh, creative soul was when I did a mapping project with a local community um, and the maps were co-created, um, lots and lots of different kinds of things were done in the community that weren't just about kind of oh we're going to gather information about what you want on this map it was like very involving of all the different kinds of generations all the different kinds of um, uh, cultures that were present in that community and uh, yeah it got printed uh, in two different languages English and Welsh and uh, distributed to every home in that area so it was it was pretty pretty special and I think there's still a um, physical sign up on one of the community um buildings so yeah it's it's a fond memory so i i have to admit that i i have a
0: soft spot for cartography Mm. um and this sounds like one of the things that i would do as a kid was go through um one of our old atlases that had so many different types of information beyond just geographic borders right the mm. um, and of course now all of that is online, but this sounds even even more complex even more uh deep in terms of the the insights that you would get from such a such a map,
1: yeah, it really um well to give kudos to the project that it took inspiration from it was the green map project which i think came out of new york um but this project um really also sparked my love of cartography and maps which i think before then i kind of just figured that other people did right i just figured that maps weren't necessarily a thing that just every day me using a map could kind of get involved in and it really helped me understand no maps are like a community um artifact in in a lot of ways that they can be community owned and also this was sort of before a lot of google maps and a lot of like online mapping platforms were super um prevalent like I created this really, <laughs> really um, badly coded sort of um, website to express the um, all the different mapping icons that all the community members chose to to create and what they chose for it to to define and how they wanted to um, how they wanted to like improve in the future as well the local area. So yeah, it was it was a great project. I really enjoyed it and it really um. Set me up great for working at Ushahidi uh, in my later years when I went into open source.
0: Well, that's a an, an amazing, perfect transition. To you know, can you tell me a little bit about your your journey to open source?
1: Yeah, sure. And I think I think the story about the green map in the community helps me to really kind of. Um, put into uh, position what I found within open source that I really enjoyed and it was the community aspect of things so I didn't really I, I have um, somewhat of a techie background I, I trained in design um, after getting my art degree I did lots of night classes in web design and coding way back in gosh like the twenty. 20- 2007 2008 back, you know when things were quite I guess old-fashioned now um, and yeah so I was always very techie and I was always kind of very community driven as well so I used a lot of my techie skills within the community back way back then and did things like social media surgeries where like um, people that of like older generations that didn't know how to use social media would come and ask not just about social media, just about how do I use this darn computer, sort of thing. And we would sit up set up in the uh, community um, space, and we would help folks out. And um, I think that fast forward a little bit because I did a lot of regular jobs after um, you know training to be a designer, sort of commercial proprietary things. And my journey into open source kind of really begin began after I. Um, heard in a couple of my proprietary commercial jobs I got really curious about what what it was like to be a developer so I was working with CTOs and I was working with lots of devs and I would hear them talk about this these like projects and like these libraries when I was doing design work with them and I'm like what do you mean, you know, this library is free to use? Um, Can you explain it to me? I don't quite, you know, what do you mean? I need to design and have a look at this library and figure out like how that works within design. And, you know, a lot of those great devs back in my sort of early design career, you know, were super giving with their time of like explaining to me what open source is and how it kind of functioned, but not in a sort of open source um, language or you know uh, vocabulary in a sense they just kind of explained to me what it was and I sort of was like hang on a minute you you all do you all do this in your spare time like what what what, what's the deal here like do you go home after this job like for eight eight or ten hours and then spend another eight or ten hours you know contributing to these open source projects is that kind of like how how it how it just works how it's always worked and they were kind of like oh well you can but you don't have to but it's great if you do and you know there's a community and all this kind of stuff and I was like huh that's really interesting and I kind of left it alone for a little bit because well part of me was like well had a had a really kind of initial problem with how um non-inclusive that kind of was in a sense of you know I was having quite candid conversations with these um uh male identifying developers that i was working with at the time and i was like well what do your partners do while you're sat there in the evenings (laughs) contributing to open source and it's like well they do all the you know stuff that makes the household function and i was like "Hmm, do you think that they would want to contribute to open source or their version of open source and they were like oh i've never thought of that so you know it's kind of one of those things where i was interested in it because of it it was like a cultural part of technology and then, when I was looking for a new job after finishing my master's, um, in I think that was 20, gosh, I can't, can't remember years now. That's okay. Anyway, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was a while ago. Um, I was really looking for a job that helped me bring in my love of um, NGO community work, like stuff that uses skills for good and um uh design and technology and i fully in a sort of uh i think a miraculous luck um stumbled across Ushahidi in a job posting i applied um and if folks don't know about ushihidi it's a um open source uh mapping uh, data collection platform that's open source um has been since it was created back in 2000 and gosh I think 2006 or 7 now Um, and it's an NGO run by an absolutely fantastic person Angie um, now who's the executive director who's been there since the beginning Um, and yeah it's all about using data and mapping data for human rights um human rights causes and natural disaster mapping and basically like all the kind of good things that people do for each other in crisis or in, in uh, with a sense of community. And yeah, I got hired as a lead designer there, uh, stayed there for a few years and then really just fell in love with open source and started to contribute a lot more, got involved with a lot of communities like opensourcedesign.net, the sustain mm-hmm. um, OSS um, community, uh, moved to another couple of open source um, organizations. I worked at the Open Food Network. I worked on some city CRM projects at one point. And now I am in the most uh, fantastic organization, Simply Secure, working on like a ton of different open source um, projects and, and design for, for open source with a, with a bunch of really um, fantastic folks. That is a, uh, a, a meandering and,
0: and wonderful path to open source. I love it. It's fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, and I have also had those conversations with um, a- around inclusion and, um, and, and open source and the ability like who gets to contribute to open source is a big topic of mm. conversation. Um, who, is, who is who has the societal structures around them to that enable them to to contribute. Um, so I think yeah. there's a lot of a lot of uh, area to dig into there, but perhaps for another time. <laughs>
1: um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of it in a way like design and doing design within open source as a function. I've always been interested in how that is non-inclusive or not as inclusive so like when I was having those first conversations with those devs about like these libraries I was kind of like well that could Mm -hmm. be designed better but I was like well this isn't for me you know I was thinking at the time you know this isn't you know there's no entryway for me here so I can I can think those things and say those things to these 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 devs that I work with but there was no clear way that I was like oh there's you know, there's the bit where it says, designer, hey, designers, we'd like you to come and, you know, be involved. So I'd love Mm -hmm. to see more of that at some point.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think all of open source could really benefit from, from that kind of encouragement and that kind of inclusion. So for sure. How, how do you think about open source design can you kind of give me a,
1: an overview of, of what that means to you sure yeah there's loads of different ways that design can be done in open source and uh, a lot of what I talk about in like conference talks or workshops um, since getting involved uh, in from my days at Ishihidi, well, actually stems from a question that me and my colleague at the time Justin Shearer who um, was also a designer at Ishihide, We asked ourselves, like, as we were building the designs for Ishihide's user interface and doing research and doing the design kind of in the same way that we'd always done, like, but just for open source, we were starting to sort of uh, interact with the same sort of mechanisms that developers would do. So a lot of our design work was, you know, we wanted to make sure that it was on open repositories that it was documented well and we sort of started to ask the question of like well why is it just us that are employed at Ushahidi that's doing this design process like surely one of the one of the things of open source is that anybody can contribute should they need want to have the ability to have the inclination to and you know um, it's open and available so we um, did a lot of work at Ushihidi in, in the time that I was there to try and really um, make it clear that Ushihidi wanted more than just coding contributions. It wanted all different kinds of contributions and that design contributions don't have to necessarily be and probably shouldn't always be from people that are trained as design as designers. So there is a huge amount of value in trying to understand and better involve your users or people humans um i have a complicated relationship with the with the word user um especially in an open source context because there's a there's a lot of writing and a lot of debate about uh, the the user of open source so you've got kind of like the user of open source that also modifies and you know maintains and all those kinds of different users and then you've also got the user that would That doesn't do any of that, that uses essentially that still benefits. And there's a lot of like discussion within the open source design communities about like how you design well for both or inclusive of both. And, you know, typically we get trained as designers to not test with user test or not um, necessarily design for users that are highly proficient in the tools first. So, but within open source, it's kind of a little bit tricky because, you know, a lot of, users of open source, anyway. So we're getting into some of the problems already. So, you know, that's just a, a little flavor of some of the things that I think of on a day-to-day basis. Um, but yeah, design in open source is, is creating graphics and UI and visual work and product work, um, wireframes, it's user testing, it's doing lots of in-depth user research. And I think the user research part of things really touches into a lot of how open source uh, works with community engagement, or how the community is um, is or is not um, constructed, or encouraged, or facilitated in a lot of ways. So, um, I mean, a great deal of my work, especially in the Open Food Network and some of the other um, open source projects I've been involved in, was how do we how do we listen to the community effectively, and how do we involve them within the process of making their tools better. And that's designing. So you know that involvement piece is is the the act of designing, and it's you know it's tricky. It's, it's super hard. and super <laughs> takes a long time to to set up and facilitate. But the the things that come out at the end of it um are typically much better design tools mm-hmm. um, for all different kinds of people. But also one of the things that doesn't get talked about as much in the design side of things is the the net benefit to the community like um positivity and engagement piece so yeah that's uh i guess that's a little flavor of of some of the design um bits that i'm up to um at the moment i've just finished a great project uh with a colleague at simply secure about um creating like a, a resource hub for different design Uh, processes, techniques, and things like that within open source. So at the moment, I'm trying to uh, build uh, accessible resources for developers to do design within their own projects. That's fantastic. Um, And I,
0: I love that it's, it sounds like design work in and of itself really does lend itself towards um, kind of open source philosophies. Um, So so there's kind of a a natural bridge there as
1: well. Absolutely, yeah, one of the things I forgot to mention, I always forget to mention this is I'm doing a PhD about (laughs) open source at the moment, Um, up at Newcastle University, I'm researching how designers are involved in um, open source projects with a humanitarian or human rights um, focus. And one of the things that i discovered in a lot of my reading about the history of design and the history of open source is that there is a history within design about the quote-unquote workers seizing the means of how they um how they build their tools so this is um uh, some of design history from from sort of the unions side of things mm-hmm. about how design professionals and design researchers went into kind of factories in different places where where workers were using machinery and they did a lot of work with the workers to say, how do you want this machine to respond to you? And how do you want to work with this machine? And I see a lot of um, comparison with how like the workers, quote unquote, the people working on open source and maintaining open source are configuring that for their own their own needs and the community's need as well. And the whole sort of history of design is about like, that that's a net benefit to the workers, like Mm -hmm. not just that individual, but many. So I see a lot of um, overlap with how design is done when it's done in community and how open source is done when it's um, done in community.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I um,
0: no pressure, but I am very interested in, in reading your
1: dissertation at some point um once you're once you're there so I mean another six or seven years so we'll we'll oh, get there excellent. eventually but um yes. yeah I'm it's PhDs are hard yo like yeah I, yeah <laughs> mad props to anybody that that has done any kind of um graduate um education I will fully confess that I dropped out of
0: my PhD program so um I, maybe someday but uh, not not today. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so you talked ab- about a little bit about how uh, open source, um, a- a- as is in its kind of current state, doesn't really encourage um, design contributions and designer participation. Um why like how do you i guess it's a two-part question how how does the how how do maintainers discourage designers and what signals that a and a project is welcoming to designers
1: Mm. yeah good questions um this is a lot of what we've been thinking about in the open source uh, design.net community for the last like six or seven years since the community was founded by some fantastic folks. I was not there at the founding, um, but there are like some truly amazing people that, that founded this work. And um, we think a lot about how to well, I mean open source design.net exists to try and be that space. For when designers however they um discover open source to be that space where when designers might meet a barrier of trying to be involved in open source that that maybe they can go to open source design and say well designers are here and they say they're into open source so i've got a community here and often that's what we find when we um are engaging with folks on the forum it's like oh I try to contribute to an, an open source project but I don't know where to start how do I do this and we're like oh well maybe you want to go check out the readme maybe you want to check out if they've got a contributing maybe you want to learn about licenses if you don't you don't have to but maybe the first place to start is with a conversation with the project and um we do a lot of like informal mentoring that we're trying to Bring a little bit more formally. We're trying to spend some of our um, donation money on on um, better mentorship for designers in open source. But I think I think the things that maintainers tend to do, or just people within open source projects, that they don't necessarily do them purposefully. I think it's just you know. Um, Open source projects get often get created by individuals or groups of people with an itch to scratch. Right, that's kind of the the old sort of um, saying is that open source is scratching a particular developer or a group of developers' itch for for something. And I don't think you know those those developers um, shouldn't feel or sh- shouldn't necessarily think that they should be experts in design to be able to you know they're scratching their own itch. So of course, it's not. You know we're not expecting them to be to design the perfect thing for other people but one of the one of the things that um one of the other community members at open source designs uh, speaks about Belen uh, her name is Belen uh, she speaks about as soon as you put your project out there um it's no longer just your itch to scratch as soon as it's open there's at least you know one to to then maybe <laughs> tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people seeing that and using that, so that no, no longer is scratching your itch. It's now trying to scratch other people's itches, and you're it. You no know, matter how great you, the developer or maintainer you are, you know you're going to need somebody with some skills on how to interpret user needs, and that's where you know designers can can help out. So it's not necessarily that any maintainers do it initially because they want to. I think it's kind of grown out of this, I wanna create something. Oh no, it's gotten really big. Or, oh yeah, it's gotten really big. Oh, now it needs to consider all these different things. How do I do that? And I think a lot of um, maintainers and developers kind of scramble around trying to do design to the best of their ability. And some of them do fantastically well, and they should c- continue to do it, like if they enjoy it. But at that point, you know, really do consider you know reaching out to designers and saying hey how can you help me kind of make this better for you know these other folks that want to use it um the other thing that is really bad that i'd love to remove from the open source community so this is a bit of a spicy statement maybe is the the kind of thing that i think is not happening as much anymore which is the the go read the manual sort of mentality right so Mm -hmm. you can't participate unless you do the effort to like fully grok the entirety of this deep system right and a designer is just not gonna do that like hey like in the nicest possible way we are not going to go read a manual of stuff that we don't want to learn we want to give you our design skills and mm-hmm. the meeting in the middle of that is you meeting us with some of these technical skills and helping us understand how we can help we're not expecting you to you know um you know go more than halfway but you you just you've got to meet us halfway and you can't tell us to just go read the manual if we want to contribute design you, you've got to make it a little like a little bit more accessible for us to to contribute yeah that's, that's an attitude that
0: i i think is shifting a bit mm. um Absolutely. it it has been blissfully a number of years since i've i've heard the you know rtfm um mm. and there's more there seems to be more focus on um, bringing people into projects and guiding them through, but that gui- that guidance needs to to differ based on
1: the the area of contribution. I completely agreed. So yeah, I think I I am so pleased to say that I very rarely he- hear the the go read the manual anymore. Mm-hmm. It's much more of a a question of what about deploying this um or what about you know trying to run this this um tool didn't work for you where are the skills gaps and where is the where are the things that somebody can help out with so some of the best things that that have happened to me is when i've really wanted to contribute to a project and there's very little um likelihood of me having like the skills to be able to you know um, spin it up myself but I've had developers you know step in and say hey I've you know I've got this running can I like make you a video can I can I make you a series of screenshots can I take you through on a call like what this looks like or how this functions so that you know you can do what you do and I'm, I'm so so grateful when that happens so that to answer, I think the second question that you said is what what can be done? It's, you know, yeah, it's it's reaching out with that just that little bit of extra effort really is like what can you do to to help a designer like actually really get involved in the project? And I guess like more and more accessible sandboxes and more more and more accessible kind of ways of um seeing the the tools um mm-hmm. is only gonna help. Um, designers be involved, for sure. Yeah, I love that idea. Um,
0: One of the, one of the fun parts about open source is the connection with a global community, which means that sometimes setting up those calls can be, can be challenging. Um, So figuring out how to, how to communicate through other media is so important Um, and Mm -hmm. process videos, process logs with screenshots and so helpful. Um, That's a, that's a great, those are great suggestions. Thank you.
1: So we, I think, um, Mm -hmm. oh, sorry. No, please go Uh, ahead. (laughs) I think the, the other thing, the other things that, maybe I'll quick fire some sort of like great suggestions on for maintainers to help designers be involved is designers. Okay. So designers are just not going to quite know the culture of open source. So the more that you can do to deconstruct the culture of open source, the better. So like I've had designers come to me and say, Hey, I tried to contribute to this project. And like this comment thread on the issue was like 50 comments long. Is that normal? And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's totally normal. Don't worry about that and we're like oh okay cool 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 so it's just it's stuff like that that, that it just isn't common in design um mm-hmm. and the other thing that designers often really struggle with with open source is um if they're coming from a commercial proprietary world or like education they will be used to a sort of faster kind of cadence of things getting done like a much more kind of you know re- maybe even a quite a structured review process so designers will often like say who's going to review this work and it's actually kind of in open source it's like well the community kind of will but maybe there won't be a clear decision so maybe part of the design work is helping us come to a clear decision based off of information and a lot of designers go oh right that's sort of new like usually we have somebody that go, goes yes this design or yes this this um this direction Mm -hmm. so helping designers kind of understand that there's a community often not always in every project but like a community way of agreeing on what will happen and how it will happen that that will help it tons um and also the time right so open source sometimes just takes a a a long time to to, for stuff to get done Mm -hmm. um design also takes a long time like good research takes a long time good design you know creation of visuals takes a long time but I think like as clear a communication on how things are done the better everyone's going to kind of play together in the space mm-hmm. so yeah there's some other bits and pieces that that are really um I've seen when they've been kind of implemented I've seen have uh, really positive effects on design and open source
0: I think, in general, setting expectations and um, clearly spelling out norms within a project is is helpful all around. But specifically for people who may not have the the background um, that a project necessarily expects, um, is helpful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah those are amazing suggestions. Thank you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um so I I would I would happily talk with you for like another hour and a half, but we are actually running up on time. Um so if <laughs> I will I will jump to the end of my question list and and say um if you could speak to the open source community for, for five minutes, what would you ask
1: of them? Wow. There's so much. Um, Five minutes is a little, a small amount of time. Do you know something that I've been thinking about more and more over the recent years is, and I know this sounds a bit, um, this, could, this can sound a bit um, uh, contrary to the kind of community effort of open source, but I've been thinking a lot about how open source is funded and how it, it becomes sustainable. And I think that the, the way for... I've been thinking a lot about how design is funded in, in open source as well. So I have... Um, Talk to so many different designers involved in open source that that really because good robust design takes time it takes effort it takes money to hire like user testers and and you know have all the tools that you need to be able to do it it it's really tricky to do it not only for the sort of the the, the things that we share with developers like time and you know um, skill level but also you know being able to self-fund is a, a privilege in a sense to, to contribute mm-hmm. so i i think if i could speak to the open source community for five minutes i would want to speak with them and have an open conversation about what is a realistic way of of helping designers um, be funded in some way and move towards like a model where funding designers within open source projects that have staff becomes normalized um, that funding design tasks within open source projects that that maybe aren't sort of staffed in a sort of semi-traditional way uh, becomes again more normalized. How do we make sure that, that there is money out there for not only like our, the security of open source platforms, but the usability of open source platforms? And how do we sort of understand design and the funding of designers working in open source as that kind of critical element of how open source improves Mm -hmm. and is more like like i said more usable more sustainable um you know works for more people that are using it and and you know good design also tends to be more secure and more private and and you know better in those ways so i think it would be yeah, let's, I don't have any of the answers. I have no idea how we fund it, but um, I would love to figure it out with some folks. So that's what I would talk to the open source community about. I think that
0: is um, right on topic for the, 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 the various sustainability conversations that are happening right now in open source, especially with some of the um, some of the security issues that we have, uh, keep running across, um, and design definitely has a, has a, um, has a important role to play in, in making sure that, that the components, the projects, the libraries that we use are more secure, um, and, easy like uh, I'm 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 rambling right now uh because I haven't had enough coffee today but um yeah I think that keeping design in mind as part of the uh, the overall development process the overall um quality checks is is definitely a an area that we need to to improve in open source
1: Mm. yeah i think what you're saying around design making things like it's it's about making things not just work for one person inside their head as they're figuring it out but for all people inside their heads as they're also figuring it out so they can make those informed choices so Mm -hmm. it's design really is not about pretty visuals particularly it's about solving complicated like human problems and like making the the series of choices and the series of um understanding understanding of information clear to everyone possible so you know that definitely impacts things like security so yeah i think um fund usable uh secure open source for sure i
0: like it I like it. Well, thank you so much for all of your um, amazing insights and helping us better understand open source design. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, And thanks for joining us on Open Source Stories.